0: and proposal emails and so much more. All you gotta do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're gonna send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're gonna get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening, you're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're hanging in there. Hope you're keeping your head up. In these uh, these weird times so as you may know hopefully you know by now we've been uh, dropping a lot of these bonus episodes here on the podcast we've been doing a lot of regular uh, Facebook live conversations and interviews discussions with uh, speakers and those in the speaking industry uh, today we got a uh, popular repeat guest. we have uh Eric Green, who is a, uh, a successful speaker in his own right as well as the uh, director of education and student success here at the speaker lab and so uh, eric's been able to book several uh, webinars just kind of one-off uh, webinars with some different clients so we talk through the ins and outs of how he does that how he does the pricing for that how he thinks about it long term uh, we talked about whether or not you should do it for free uh we just wide range here a uh, bunch of different questions that came in from uh, the the comments while we were recording this live so uh, another reminder and then when we're doing a Facebook Live, you want to you wanna be there. You want to join us and uh, you want to drop your, your questions in there so we can get to them. Uh, but good conversation here with Eric. So uh, let's jump right in. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having a great day. Hey, today we are joined by my friend and our Director of uh, Education and Student Success, Mr. Eric Rehm. And uh, we wanted to hop on here. We've been trying to do these uh, these Facebook Lives regularly uh, to just talk about this uh, this weird world that we're in right now in the speaking industry and, and not just the speaking industry, but across the board uh, in the world right now with the coronavirus, how speakers are dealing with it, how the speaking industry is being impacted and what you can do about it as a speaker. So uh, we had, we've had uh, Eric on to talk a couple of times about having him back today uh, to talk through some of the virtual speaking that he has been booking. Yes, that's right. While lots of events are being canceled and rescheduled and postponed in the thick of this, uh, Eric is still booking gigs. We wanted to talk through that and to talk through what's working for him. So uh, Eric, how are you holding up? How are you doing in the, the thick of the, the weird world that we find ourselves in?
1: I am overwhelmed, to be honest with you. I am overwhelmed. I got a lot of good way? On. Yeah, in a good way. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, it's a positive stress. Uh, because everybody, my life's is disruptive. Uh, I got teenage kids at our home trying to figure things out. All of them are active athletes. So literally before this call I had to run out, my son had to do a mile time trial. I had to be there to time that with them. My other son's got to do a hurdle workout. My daughter's got to do a softball workout. We got a puzzle that's very important to our family that needs to be completed. And uh, we got to do five pieces each. I haven't done my five pieces yet. (laughs) So I got to finish that. Uh, I'm talking to my accountant about this uh, CARES Act that was just passed Mm -hmm. by Congress, and that affects us. More information on that coming down the way. But uh, just managing all that and just. You know, just get my own workouts in, uh, booking, trying to book new gigs, trying to come up with new uh, talks to to uh, to translate to virtual reality, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, But there's just a lot going on, man, a lot of moving parts. Now, I did take some time off though, Grant, on Saturday, and I binge watched uh, Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. Okay. I was exhausted afterwards. I haven't been so tired in my life. I never thought I'd be so tired sitting on the couch watching a show. Have you watched any binge? Have you been binge watching anything?
0: I binge watched Tiger King. Who's yeah. watched Tiger King? Yeah. Talk to us in the comments. Come on, I know you watched Tiger King. It is so dumb. It's so weird. You will feel a hundred percent better about your life after oh, watching gosh. Tiger King.
1: Grant, when I got done watching like six hours for the TV, I looked at my wife and said, "I am utterly exhausted. I need to go to sleep." I didn't know I could be so tired watching TV.
0: Yeah, man. Tiger King is something weird. I'm telling (laughs) you, man. Uh, Okay. um, As a quick side note, I'm I'm genuinely curious. What did your son run his time trial in one mile?
1: Uh, He actually ran a 506. So he's an an eighth grader, uh, 14 years old. He ran a 455 time trial a couple weeks ago, but that was on the track with his teammates. So he was out there by himself in flats. You know, I wasn't too too super excited about it, but he ran a five hundred six. His goal is to go four forty eight this year in that's the
0: mile. No, that's no joke. Congrats yeah. to him! All yeah. right, so let's talk about uh, like I, I kind of teased before. Um, in the thick of all of this, although a lot of events have been kind of up in the air and what's going to happen, you've been able to continue to book some virtual events. So, can you talk us through what you have booked in the past couple of weeks and, and kind of what that looks like now?
1: Yeah, I've I've uh, I booked four webinars. They're one-hour webinars uh, in which I'm talking about two relevant topics. The first was what we talked about quite frankly about how to d- deal with a crisis. I, I thought about I could probably take that to my audience and so I took some of those principles using you, you and I talked about uh, developed a couple uh, developed an abstract on it and uh, said that out to some folks and people bought into it and said yeah, I, I were interested in that that's definitely relevant um, the other one I came up with was how to work from home. I began to realize I've been doing this for 11 years, Grant, working from home. Yeah. And I think we I take it for granted that there's a methodology behind it. And so I thought, why don't I develop something and talk to people about, hey, you're at home now working. Here's some things that you can do that would be helpful. So I came up with that. And since the, since I started that, I did that while I was on that spring break last week. Uh, in Tampa florida i literally came up with those ideas last week and from last week until now i've booked four webinars uh i've got i was you and i were talking before we jumped on here live i've got one scheduled every one every week for the next four weeks
0: nice so in a, in a time where uh, i mean we're recording this uh march the 30th here at the time of uh this where uh, looks like we're gonna be again kind of on quarantine for at least another month or so most likely events aren't happening you have four new gigs so these are these are gigs that you previously did not have is that correct
1: that's correct. And I didn't even think about actually marketing those gigs until last Wednesday. So it's Monday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days Yeah, is what it took once I decided to do it.
0: So these four that you have booked, are they all, are they four individual clients? Is it one client four times? What, what does that look like? And are these clients that you have worked with before or any of these brand new people? Man, you're so good at this.
1: You ask really good questions. <laughs> I'm impressed. I really am.
0: Stop, stop. It's got the the, I got
1: the three clients that uh, doing four, and all of them were folks that I worked with in the past. So these weren't brand new clients. Um, and so what started this whole thing, honestly, Grant, was um, let me let me paint the picture for you. So we were trying to figure out how to do something fun with my kids while we were on spring break. We obviously couldn't go to a beach. We couldn't go to Disney World. Uh, my, my, my wife's parents has this – this charter boat that they can rent. And so they rented a boat. We decided to go to this place called beer can Island, uh, in uh, Tampa. Sounds classy. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. And so we went there and we went to like this little secluded beach where there's nobody else around. It was just us. We, we ported there. We, we were going to have a picnic. I was sitting under this palm tree. There was a light breeze going. I'm ha- having a ham sandwiches hanging out. I get a call from a client and he says, Hey Eric, um, we've got, we got to figure out some virtual training. And I talked to my team and everybody said, uh, you're the go-to speaker. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to, you know, uh, pat myself on the, on my own back, my own back there. I'm just telling you what's what he said. He said, you're the go-to speaker. You're the guy that has helped us in the past. What do you got? <laughs> and I didn't have anything, Grant. And I said, well, um, I could I got this thing I did with, uh, my buddy, uh, Grant Baldwin on crisis management. Maybe we can do something on that. I, I think I could probably do something about working from home. And he goes, those, both those sound great. Can you give me a proposal? <laughs> I said, yeah, give me a minute. I'll give it to you tomorrow. So I literally went home uh, we had dinner and then I didn't wait till that morning. The next morning I got up, I said, okay, what would I, what deliverable, how would I deliver this? And what would it look like? I'm like, well, I could probably do a one hour webinar with some slides, maybe a a companion checklist. And I just sent it to him. And then I had to figure out what I was going to price it. So what I thought Grant was, this is not the time to make a lot of money off my clients. This is Mm -hmm. a time to add value, but also recognize the fact that they pay me for my services because I also don't want to go backwards with them either. And so I, there was kind of a fine balance. So I came up with, if I were to do this talk live, how much would it cost? And what would I do virtually? And I came up with, and there was no rhyme or reason to this. I just said somewhere between 15 to 25% of my normal normal cost. Now, there wasn't any algorithm I came up with, Grant. It was just a gut feeling. And so I sent it out to them. It was actually 17% of what my normal cost would be. And then he came back and said, well, how much would it cost if we recorded it and then we used it over and over again? And so I added a little more to it. Um, just bumped it up a little bit, but I didn't want to bump it up a lot. Um, it came up to about 20, 25%. I submitted it to him and this is what he came back with. It was interesting. He said, we want to do your crisis webinar uh, and just have you do it live. And we'll pay you that. And we want you to do your work from home webinar. And we want to record that and pay the, uh, the higher fee for that. I just made that up and they bought it and they said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So that's how I came up with it. And then I said, okay, I guess I have other clients that'd be interested in this. So I started reaching out to a couple other clients. I didn't send it to a lot of them because I wanted to test it out to see if I had something here. And so I sent it out to a few other clients and Said, Hey, I had some clients contact me and asked me for this type of, uh, this type of virtual training. Is this something you'd be interested with? And some of them got back with me and said, yeah, we were interested. And I I didn't send the abstracts until they told me they're interested. And then I sent them the abstracts. And then within a day, they got back with me and said, yeah, let's go ahead and get you signed up. So I did that literally in four days. um, And I've got four gigs booked as a result.
0: Are you planning on continuing to reach out to some of the other past clients or any events Mm -hmm. that have been postponed or rescheduled? Um, Like you mentioned, this has all happened like literally in the past couple of days or so. So is the plan like, okay, I'm seeing some traction from this. Um, Now I'm just going to start doubling down on this even more with other clients that I've worked with?
1: Yeah, I did. I doubled down a little bit um, just to kind of test it. And I went from, I had 40, for those that have have, have listened to me in the past and worked with me in the elite course, you know, I'm big on the pipeline. And so my pipeline number is forty, Grant. Uh, that's my magic number. I need to have forty prospective gigs in the pipeline at any one time. When I when this whole thing kicked off and we started st- stuff started happening, I had forty pr- perspective gigs in my pipeline. I now have eighty, so I've since doubled it. Wow. And those are all webinar proposals. And so for now, I, I'm having about probably about a ten or fifteen percent return. I think mm-hmm. when this settles, I'll probably be where I should be around 30%. I think out of those 40, I'll probably get 30%. And by the way, these are all with people I've worked with in the past. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm leveraging current relationships. I haven't started this process with new people yet because I'm just not there yet because I have a good network. So I can't really give you information on new folks yet. But with my current client base, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do a couple things. Number one, I'm trying to stop the bleeding in my business because I've lost mm-hmm. money. I need cash flow to come in. But number two is I want to add value in a time when my clients need it in a way that makes sense, but also is respect, respectful of them.
0: So as you are reaching out to them and saying hey I have this idea my guess is that for a lot of these clients they are people who again have worked with you before but not necessarily have worked with you in a virtual setting you are mm-hmm. someone who you know you've done a lot of zoom calls and we've done some facebook lives like this but you know presenting for a you know a paid client in that type of context feels a little bit different so um is there anything that that they are asking or that you're assuring them with of like hey you know, how, how do they, like, how are you assuring them that they're going to still get the full, you know, air cream experience, even though it's a, it's in a virtual environment?
1: Uh, part of it is I can't, I don't know yet.
0: <laughs> like yeah.
1: I have one coming up all Wednesday with a group. They have no ideas about anything. I mean, they <laughs> just don't. And they're like, how's this work, man? Are we going to, and they don't have a webinar platform. Right. So I literally went to Zoom webinar. I purchased Zoom webinar because I've never done it. Cause I, most people I've worked with in the past, they already had some kind of platform system. right? Yeah this company's never done it before. So we literally, I I signed up and I sent them the link and we tested it today. Tomorrow they're gonna have their boss introduce me live and they're like, man, this guy's an old retired colonel man. He's a stubby pencil guy. I'm not sure how this is going to work. We need to try this out. So tomorrow morning we're going to try it out. This is tested out, making sure IT can get this guy on the camera and he can introduce me. Yeah. So we're literally just kind of two blind blind people trying to figure this whole thing out. So I don't know how it's going to go uh, on Wednesday. I hope it goes well. You know, we'll see. I may stumble all over myself, but the bottom line is I priced it to the point where I don't think it's going to kill him. Yeah. Number one, number two, they're going to get a recording of it. So worst case scenario, I'll record it. They'll get it and they'll pass it on. But we're just showing each other grace. And I'll be honest with you, let me tell you what this client said to me. By the way, this client is the one that hired me, that paid me, that's paying me the highest I've ever ever been paid. And I contacted them, and quite honestly, Grant, I was nervous because I was afraid they gave me a nice healthy deposit. I was so afraid they're going to say, "Hey, we're going to cancel everything." Yeah. And they said we're going to move it back to October. So that was a. Moment when they said that, right? right. That, w- that would have been a huge deal. And then they they I, I came back with said, Hey, by the way, I got this idea. I think I can help you out with. And here's what they said: they said this is the exact word. They said, look at you adding value. That is fantastic. That is really cool. So they were pleasantly surprised that I came back with something. And within two days, they got together and said, Okay, yeah, let's do it. And then they said, Well, how does this work? We don't even know how to do webinars. How do you even spell that? <laughs> So they don't
0: know. It's one of those like uh, say yes and then uh, then figure it out from there. Uh, And I think to your, I mean to your credit, you know is again kind of like. I've got a rough idea. I'm going to talk with people. And then like, you didn't have figured out the zoom, you didn't have figured out, you know, probably, you know, the, the, the actual training is 48 hours away and still probably figuring out exactly what's going to go into it. What's going to be a win from them. But it's kind of one of those, like, Hey, let's, let's move forward. Let's kind of figure that. And I think again, that's, that's, that speaks a lot to where we are all at right now. Right. Of just kind of like, let's, let's, do our best with what we have at this moment. We'll figure out some of the de- details as we go. Uh, but even whenever they agreed to it, you didn't have to know all the answers right then. You know, it was, I, I had a week or I had a couple of weeks to get it all figured out. Uh, so something to be said for again, like taking action and kind of figuring out some of the details as, as you go. Grant,
1: I had four days to figure it out, yeah. not two weeks, right? So I do, I still don't have the slides done. Um, I don't have the work, the uh, checklist done yet. Um, I don't even know if the guy that's uh, introduced me can get even get on yet. So we're going to figure that out tomorrow. And you and I are spending the whole day tomorrow together. So I got to figure out these slides and all this pretty quick. So I'm literally just kind of making it up as I go. But I'm also very authentic too, is I'm, I'm not going to be speaking on something. I don't know about what I'm going to speak on. I I have a lot of information on it. I just got to streamline and put it all together. And I would never put something out there that I do not think I could deliver on. So I know I'm going to deliver a good product. It may not feel the best to me internally on how I like to do things. Because I haven't done this before. But yeah. the first time I got on stage and spoke, too, it was the same right. way. There's got to be a starting point somewhere.
0: Now, uh, if you guys are watching this live right now, go ahead. And if you have any questions, feel free to drop those in the comments. I know we had a, uh, and we'll try to get to a couple of these, but we had a question that had come in. Would you still charge the same rate for virtual speaking gigs as in-person? I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but for pricing for the virtual thing, it doesn't feel like it's completely apples to apples in terms of pricing for a, uh, an in-person thing. Um, I have actually heard from some other speakers who said they would charge Whatever their in-person rate would be, they would charge uh, forty to fifty percent of that for the virtual. It sounds like mm-hmm. you went even below that. Yeah. Um, so for let's just say for some round numbers, let's say if your um, uh, uh, let's say that your rate was let's say five thousand um, dollars. Sounds like in this case you you charge about twenty percent of that, so around thousand uh, dollars. And again, for some comparison, some other people have suggested um, you know two thousand to twenty five hundred, you know, as a forty to fifty percent range um, of that. So. You mentioned like you 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 kind of just pulling a number out. I'm just kind of randomly going off of a number. Is there anything that you would price differently based on what you're you're kind of starting to hear now? Um, how are you thinking about pricing for virtual gigs?
1: Well, virtual gigs is a very loose term. And I'm actually there's some a lot of stuff that's starting to come out of this. Like for webinars, one-hour webinars, I think the market has an idea of what they want to pay for that. All right. So I think there's almost like a niche on that already. And th- there's two things to think about. Number one, there's virtual speaking in the future and there's virtual speaking right now in a crisis. And I think mm-hmm. right now we have to kind of throw out the, the rule book for, for right now uh, and get out there and get in front of event planners and, and add value. And I think we're just going to have to do that at a discounted cost. That's just my personal thinking on this. Um, and that's kind of what I'm hearing from my event planners. And I think that they recognize the fact that, hey, we're just trying to get something out there. And so I want to do that. So I don't want to outprice myself because you can't go back from that, right? I can always go up, right? If I uh, underprice it, but I think if you come out too high, um, you can or you you can hurt yourself with maybe some folks you're wanting to work with. Because remember, at the end of the day, this is a long term game. Right. So here's where here's where here's the rest of the story. So the one person that I uh, that hired me, they had me do a webinar for them. Then they came to me and they said, "Hey, let's talk about what we can do moving forward." And they said, can you give a proposal on maybe we like to do a monthly podcast with you and what would that look like? And then we would like you to take this master course that you've worked with us on the past and can you develop that virtually and what would that look like? And so now what they want to do is I've got that quick win with them. They're seeing me as a resource. Now they're saying, what other stuff can we do with, with Eric? So maybe I discount a little bit much in the beginning, but in the long term, I want to win because they're going to ask me to come back over and over and over again. Because you've all been there before when you just felt like, somebody kind of gouged you a little bit and it kind of put that bad taste in your mouth. Think about how you would feel if you're on the other end of this and, and how would you want to be treated? And so for me, I want to add value even if it's at a discounted price because I want you to work with me long term, And that's what I tell people. I said, listen, I'm going to be here long after I want this to be a long partnership that we have together. So that's how I've, I approached it.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, another, question I would have for this is okay. Um, and again, we're we're forty-eight hours out from knowing like how this is gonna actually go for you. Uh so we may have to do a follow-up later yeah. in the week to hear how it went. Yeah. But do you see based on the reaction that you've got so far that this could potentially be something that you're like, I could see this being a bigger part of my business long term. Uh, because there's certainly a lot of upside to everyone. Obviously there's a, a lower cost um uh, for the, the client um, but it also requires less time for you. You're not you're gonna be able to do this from your own home. Um I remember when I, when I was doing a bunch of gigs, my, my wife and my daughters would always talk about how many sleeps is daddy gone. And the best gigs is, uh, the gigs where, where daddy has gone zero sleeps. So you're going to be able to do a gig, get paid a check for it on Wednesday and be gone zero sleeps, uh, and zero meals, which I know you like yourself a good home cooked meal. So, uh, do you think that long-term that this is going to be a bigger part of your business? Um, I think it's going to be a part
1: of my business. I don't know if it'll be a big part of my business. The reason for that, Grant, is we all have our strengths. And I'm a, my strength is live speaking on stage. That's something I I excel at. And I don't think – it's going to be hard for me to translate that in this environment. Um, and I, I enjoy the live speaking. So I think it's going to be something that will be a, a percentage of my business. How big it will be a percentage, I don't know yet. It um, also is going to, it, it may depend on my phase of life too. Right now I'm 46 years old. I still have a lot of energy. I'm okay out traveling. But as I g- grow into my business, I may want to change that mix a little bit and not have to be on stage as much. This could be that future. And I, I may start out with a small percentage of it and it may grow over time, but is, it is introducing me to new ways of doing things that I think could help me long-term for sure.
0: So uh, as I asked that, I see uh, Chris basically asked the same question. So I apologize, Chris. Let's give a shout out to Chris here. Are uh, you going to offer this option on your website? Do you think you'll continue to keep the virtual option after things have settled down? So let's get to the first part of the question. Assuming this is something that you like, okay, I can see myself offering this. Do you think you'll include it on the website, even if it's a smaller part of the business?
1: Oh, yeah, I think I will. I think probably what I'll do is I'll put it on my website as a way to that this is the message. And here are the options in which I can deliver this message. And I definitely think I will offer that. I think probably one of the biggest things I'm learning from this and is I do have some three and a half day workshops that I do, Grant, that I think I can trans translate that to a virtual environment. I do think that could be a major shift to what I'm doing now. Um, and I will charge the same for those. Uh, that's different. This is something long term. like. There's a difference between doing quick hit webinars to help people through this crisis. There's another thing to think about how do I translate an entire three and a half a week long experience that I provide and do that in a virtual experience. So that is something I actually I did submit a proposal out to a big company um, about two weeks ago that it, it's a pretty big ticket item that if they come back and say they want to do it, that could be a game changer and could take me down a path of more virtual
0: uh, Roseanne asked, uh, what about medical training where, let's see here, where it's, uh, where it's a webinar they can keep and reuse with discounts, uh, off other materials. We don't want to abuse people in their pocketbooks, but also need, uh, some income. So, uh, so from that standpoint, I'm, 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 curious about, uh, you mentioned like if, when you do a training for some, for a group of people, you know, there could be, you know, a handful or a whole bunch of people, whenever you do this training on Wednesday." There's a recording of that that they could use and they can kind of distribute and kind of, you know, potentially they're like, well, we can give this to a whole bunch of people without having Eric needing to come here ever again. Um, So you mentioned that that part of the conversation with them was, hey, come do this on Wednesday. But then also, you know, we're able to do something with this. How did you kind of negotiate or kind of think through we do this webinar on Wednesday who gets to attend, how many people get to attend, what happens to the recording, what happens to the content, what happens to the IP? Uh, how did you have that conversation with them?
1: Well, I always approach everything from being generous. I always err, if I wanna err on any side, Grant, I'm gonna err on the side of generosity because I feel like that comes back over and over and over again. And that's served me really well. Um, I've, I've had people sometimes, uh, uh, speakers come to me and say, well, like I've had event planners say, can we record your session? And my only thought was, as long as I get access to the raw video, of course you can record it. I don't care because at the end of the day, you can't duplicate me teaching it live, question and answer. Uh, You can't duplicate that. Recordings are not going to replace that. And so I'm okay with it. And if they want to use recording over and over and over again, that's fine because they're going to hire me back. And remember, you and I have talked about this in the past. 63% of all my business grant comes from current clients. They come from current clients because I take care of my clients. And I don't, I don't nickel and dime them. I don't get in the weeds with them. If I have a client that says, you know, we'd like to use this as a recording, is that okay? Um, I've charged a little extra for that in the past. Sometimes I don't charge extra. It just depends on my relationship with the client. And if I'm going to make $50,000 off that client in one year, do I really care about if they're going to record something? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you just got to be generous, I think. That's the way I approach it. Not everybody agrees with the way I do it, but it served me well.
0: Uh, another question that come in here, um, as a beginning as a beginner speaker, do you think offering virtual for clients would be more difficult than a seasoned speaker? How do you suggest beginner speakers switch to offering virtual? Uh, yeah. any thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be an amateur phase, whether you're virtual or where you're on stage. Uh, Everything is gonna be difficult for you in the beginning. Um it was as difficult for everybody. Every seasoned speaker you know started somewhere. um you just happen to be starting an environment where maybe virtual might be the thing. But it's still going to be a process that you're going to have to go through, whether you do it, um, uh, you know, you're doing a live session like I started out, or you're starting on a virtual. So yes, if 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 I reach out to the same client that you reach out to, I'm going to have an easier chance at it because I've got uh, credibility and momentum because I'm a seasoned speaker now. Um, but that's the case no matter what. So there's that process you're going to have to go through. Do you agree with that, Grant, or you have a different thought?
0: No, I think I agree. I think that the, like you kind of touched on, I think right now, especially, everybody's kind of in this figure it out phase and process uh, for virtual. You know, this is one of those things that, Um, you know, a couple months ago, some speakers were offering, but it probably wasn't a core part of most people's offering. And now it's all of a sudden this thing that everyone's like, uh, companies are thinking about it and speakers are thinking about it. So now is, I wouldn't necessarily call it the wild, wild west, but it is something where everyone's in suddenly this, this figured out mode. And so, like you said, I think there's going to be some grace from both sides, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it's going to look different in different industries, you know, so how it's going to look for you in a more of like a a corporate training type environment may look different for someone who I was talking with a speaker over the weekend, who's, in the education space who does a lot of school assemblies, you know, and all of a sudden schools are not happening. So what does a virtual look like for schools with when students aren't gathering all of a sudden, you know, so this is going to look a little bit different in different spaces, but, um, absolutely. I think there are going to be opportunities for this to, uh, become a bigger, bigger part of, of what people are offering in the future. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a unique world we're in right now.
1: Yeah, don't be afraid of uh, free either if you're a new speaker. I had to do a lot of free gigs in the beginning, Grant. I mean a lot of free gigs. And so if I was starting out in this, and I just now started out yesterday and I'm in this environment, I would just be getting out there and, and adding value any way that I can and get in front of an event planner. Or when I say event planner, that's a very loose term. It's anybody that hires someone to do to do some kind of training. And all you need to do is add value because I'm telling you, if someone sees you as a go-to person, they're going to come back to you and they're going to offer you more stuff in the future. So this is the time for you to add value. Now, adding value means different things depending on where you are in your phase of building your business. So adding value means something to me where I'm charging 17 to 20% of what I normally charge as opposed to maybe like a big time speaker that's been out there for many years and they charge $30,000 and that looks different for them, right? So everybody's different. The main thing is what can you do right now with your street cred that you have, with your experience that you have, with the technology you have access to, to add value? And if you just add value, it's going to come back to you. I guarantee it. But you got to have the mentality of you just got to add value. Do it in a way that's respected, respectful, based on your current phase. Like if you've never spoken before, don't expect someone's going to talk to you and want to spend five thousand dollars for you to do a webinar if you've never even done it before. So you got to be—it's got to be appropriate to your experience level.
0: So there's a, a couple other questions that um, have well, kind of two competing thoughts, I think. Um, one would be, you know, how do you charge for virtual when so many virtual summits are free? And I think, you know, one, we might clarify, we're talking about two different things there, yeah. apples and oranges. Um, but the other question uh, is kind of, uh, you know, I charge the same for virtual, same info, same result, same price. Um, so on one hand, there is, you know... Um, I, if I can help them get the change, then it should be the same price. And the other pe- mm-hmm. other person saying, why would you charge it all when you know virtual uh, summits are free? So what would you say to those two com- somewhat competing ideas?
1: Well, let's talk about the second one first. Uh, the info, all that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think your info is worth, what you think your result is worth. All it matters is what the market says it's worth, yeah. right? That's, the, that's, the, that's the, the, re- the harsh reality in the speaking world. The market decides your value. That's the bottom line. And right now the market is down, okay? So think about anything anything that's being affected by this. When, when you, the airline industry does ramp up again, do you think the airline prices are going to be the same as what they were when it went, going into this? I guarantee it's not. It's going to be discounted prices. In fact, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be discounted, like maybe a Broadway show or something like that. It's all going to be discounted because the market has changed. And so even though your info is the same, it doesn't matter because the market has shifted. And so you either got to stick with the market or the market's going to leave you behind. Now eventually the market will ramp back up again and your prices will go with that. So you have to be respectful of what the market's willing to pay. Um, As far as virtual summits, um, I would say that those virtual summits, it just depends on what that was in the past, right? So if it was a a paid summit, like a paid conference where people paid a registration fee then they're just going to change those and translate those into a virtual environment that doesn't change. Now they may discount those a little bit, which means you may need to discount yours a little bit. But if it was already a free seminar that they were going to be offering anyway, then of course, then that would be you have to you have to stick with that environment and charge for free. So it's all case by case. So for instance, um, I have a conference that I'm scheduled to uh, teach at or talk at in May they're going to come back to me and probably say, we're going to switch this to a a virtual conference. And I want to say, okay, what do we need to do so we can continue moving forward on this? And so I'm going to probably have to adjust my pricing to match what they're going to, to price. So the bottom line is I got to match what they're doing. Does that make sense, Grant? So if they're reducing their cost by 50%, I probably got to reduce my cost to match that. If they're going to a free summit, then I may have to adjust based on that as well. So it all depends on the market.
0: Uh, so here's what I would say as we kind of wrap things up here, uh, I would encourage you to listen, if you are having a lot more questions about uh, these virtual, just virtual speaking in general, Eric and I have talked a lot about, you know, how do we continue to, to serve and support uh, those in our, our community? And so we want to do whatever we can to be able to help. And so if you do have other questions, please email me directly. You can email me uh, grant at the lab.com. This is something that Eric and I have considered, uh, you know, again, putting together some more in-depth training on this topic. And so we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so f- again, feel free to email me grant at the Lab lab.com would, would love to hear from you. So uh, Eric, any final uh, words of wisdom before we wrap up here?
1: Yeah, I do want to put a big uh, give a big shout out to all of our current elite students, Grant, because on Wednesday at 4 p.m. during our group, elite, uh, group coaching call, 4 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking about getting gigs. We're going to be talking about that specifically. We're going to spend a whole hour on it. Uh, so, if you're an elite student go check it out if you're not an elite student uh, and you're interested to in get involved go to the speakerlab.com forward slash apply and talk to one of our uh, one of our enrollment advisors because we are really leaning in with our elite students grant and teaching them all the things they need that's relevant right now so,
0: Yeah, and we, you know, here's the reality is like we have uh, the successful speaker, five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, building your platform, um, which if people again haven't got, make sure that you pick it up. Uh, And uh, inside of our Booked and Paid to Speak training program, but our elite program is something where we're doing two live group coaching calls every single week. And right now you better believe that we're leaning in heavy on what does, what do speakers need to be doing right now? So certainly we're like, we're doing these Facebook lives on a regular basis. We're doing the podcast on a regular, on a weekly basis uh, and continuing to put out resources and content available for speakers. But I think that at the the same time, speakers are trying to think through, "Yeah, yeah, 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 but how does this apply to me? In my industry, on my topic, on my business model, on my goals, what does this look like? And so we're spending a lot of time with our elite students uh, digging into the weeds of this, of what this looks like and how they can best apply it and uh, pivot and adjust during these these weird times. So uh, again, like Eric said, if you want to know more about that, then definitely go to thespeakalab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakalab.com slash apply. Uh, We would love to have a conversation with you to uh, hear more about your goals for your business and how we can best serve and support you. So uh, Eric, thanks for the time, man. Any Anything else that you'd add to the conversation here? No, I'm just honored to work with you, Grant.
1: You're doing a fantastic job. You've been a great leader throughout this whole process. The Speaker Lab is happy to have you. Thank you for making this happen for all of us so we can learn from this. And I appreciate you, man, and I appreciate our community. I love working with you folks. This is a fantastic business to be a part of. This is an unbelievable industry, and we're going to we're gonna be so much stronger at the other end of this, and the Speaker Lab, we're going to be right here with you every step of the way. So I'm just honored to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, i totally echo that. That the the reality is that the speaking industry is one that has been around for uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of years. It will continue to be around. In fact, one of the things we've been saying a lot about is that uh, after we're all out of quarantine and people can come back out again, uh, I know that people are going to be craving hugs and handshakes and human connection again. And uh, events are going to be able to provide that. There's only so many elbows you can give people. You know, over oh, you and I were talking a little bit um, early on our, on one of our team calls uh, that over the weekend we were hanging out with uh, some neighbors. And our cul-de-sac, and everybody's, you know, brings out some lawn chairs and, and bring your own dinner. Just kind of sitting around, hang. It was a beautiful night, just sitting around talking. And we were all kind of like, man, I look, I, I can't wait to just hug each other again, you know. Uh, the kids, uh, one of the families has like little kids who are like running up to each other. It's like, no, 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 you can't. You, you, you can look at us, but you can't touch us yet, you know. And so we're trying to follow the guidelines there. So I think we, again, we crave that that human interaction that live events provide and that speakers can be a part of. So I think uh, I think we're gonna see a real swell of opportunity in the, the later half of the year. So uh, great opportunity for uh, for speakers at any stage to jump in um, and uh, take advantage of this. So uh, Eric, always good to chat with you, man. We appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mr. Eric Reem. If you did and you want our help, like we talked about, we'd encourage you to go over to the speakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is the speakerlab.com slash apply. Uh, Eric, myself, our team, we would love to work with you, serve you, support you uh, as you build and grow your speaking business. So again, uh, feel free to schedule that one-on-one call and we'd love to chat with you. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You're awesome.